Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today we'll continue our Advent series uh, for 2023. Uh, we are uh, in a series, uh, we normally don't do that. We normally go verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Uh, but as we look at the birth of Christ today, uh, one of the things that we're doing in this series is to point you from the cradle to the cross. Uh, and so today we'll actually look at the promise of the birth of Christ from the Old Testament. We'll actually look at the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms that point to the prophecies that were fulfilled for the birth of Christ and also why Jesus came. So I hope that you enjoy today's teaching as we look at the promise of the birth of Christ from the Old Testament. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. Through the Psalms and through the prophets and through the law of Moses to say, hey, look, all this stuff was about me. And the only way, the only bridge that you have to get to God is Jesus. That's it. There's no other way. And so I'm giving you this, by, like I'm going to teach you all the stuff that's in the Old Testament so you can go out. Because think about it. Peter comes, he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and Peter preaches. 3,000 people come to faith. What did he preach? Repentance. Stop asking people if they know Jesus. Ask them, like, have you, have you entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ? Have you repented and had remission of your sins? That's the reality of it. Everybody knows Jesus because they have Google. They can pull up information on Jesus quickly. You can pull up proof. You can pull up prophecies that have been fulfilled, and they still won't believe it. This generation does not believe truth. They define truth. You need to be, like, the things that, that we go over, the things that I'm giving you here, so that way you're equipped to go, hey, wait a minute, that's not, I know you're defining that as your truth, but that's not what Jesus said. Or that's not, wait a minute, that, let's go to the book of Daniel, because I'll show you how all these empires fell and how that prophecy was fulfilled and how that was paving the way for the birth of Christ. You have to be able to be able to explain these things. That's the number one problem that we have in the country with when it comes to the Western church is biblical illiteracy. We don't read the Bible. We don't make time for the Bible. And so we, we couldn't defend our faith if we wanted to in most cases. And so when we look at this and we see that this was always supposed to go out to the Gentiles, it's like God has gifted you with the opportunity to be forgiven of sins 
And not only has he gifted you, he's gifted you with the power of the Holy Spirit. So you can go out and you go, I'm nervous. I don't know. Man, God will give you the words to say. You just have to ask. And not only has he gifted you, he's gifted you with at least one gift of the Holy Spirit. Are you using it? See, the birth of Christ is, is, is so much more than just the birth of Christ. It's the birth of the Savior, the birth of the Messiah. But the, it, 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 it is a reminder that we can't get to the remissions of sin. We can't get to repentance if he doesn't go to the cross, if he's not resurrected and defeats death. See, the church gets excited on two times a year, Christmas and Easter. That shouldn't be the case. That should not be the case. Because when he tells you to go out and make disciples, he didn't say go out and make disciples on Christmas and Easter. That's not what it says. Like, understanding that the gospel was to go out. We talked about this in Ephesians, in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 4 and 6. It says, by which when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of man as it is now been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in the gospel and in in Christ through the gospel. He's like, look, y'all have been given the opportunity. It was promised through the birth of Jesus Christ that the Gentiles, you can come to faith. Who rejected him? The, Pharise- the religious rejected Christ. He went to the Samaritan woman. And then what happened? Samaritan woman is like excited. And she, she goes tells everybody, you got to meet this man who knew everything about me. And the town gets saved. Right? That's the purpose of Christ's coming. That's the purpose of the birth as the gospel goes out. He came to save us from our sins. He didn't come so... Like, we, we have commercialized Christmas. The devil does that. If you think about it, think about it in two ways. What has happened to Easter? The Easter Bunny. What has happened to Christmas? Santa Claus. That's demonic. It's the devil. It's not about that. It's become commercialized. And we get wrapped up in that stuff, and we have to be very careful. What God wants is you to have his presence for Christmas, not presents. For you to be in his presence for Christmas. I, I think out of all the times that we have been through over these last three years in this country. Politically, socially, health-wise, all the stuff that we've seen. Isn't it beautiful that Christmas Eve falls on Sunday? The church, you can't skip out on Christmas Eve service. Because it's a regular Sunday, Right? It's a normal Sunday that it fell on this, this, this year on a, on a Sunday. The thing is, is like we have to realize that there is evidence and there's always been evidence of the existence of, of Jesus Christ. Whether it's biblically or through historical documents, right? They tried to say that the, you know, Pontius Pilate never existed. Then they found it when they were doing the archaeology dig, they found his signet ring. And then they realize, oh, yeah, he was true. The thing is, is you could find all the biblical archaeology artifacts if you want, and people still wouldn't believe. That's the sad part. Can I tell you what you do? You invest some time with them. You talk to them. You invite them to church. You, you pray with them. And guess what? If they just continue to tell you no, 
You keep praying for them, but you move to the next person. The gospel still got to go out. Don't focus on that person for the next three years and you don't miss 300 people. You keep praying for that person. You ask other people to pray for that person. But you don't let that stop you from sharing the gospel. Because sometimes we get so hyper-focused on, I need this person to come to faith, that we're missing all the other people that God is putting in our path. It's, it's important for us to understand, like when we read that verse, we went over that this past weekend, or this past Wednesday night, in John chapter 1, verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. It's the word that becomes flesh. It's Jesus Christ, the Logos, conceived of the Holy Spirit in the womb of a virgin. And some people will say, I don't know how that happens. Well, guess what? I don't know the dynamics of it either, but I believe it because he's God. When I read it, I believe it because it's the inerrant word of God. You'll have people that argue, well, that's, unpin- that's not possible. With God, it is. Do you think it was possible? I, I, I can tell you right now, that king that night, that when, when the Babylonians thought that they had everything in charge and nobody could take them over, nobody will destroy us. You can imagine the surprise when the hand went started writing on the wall. That can't happen. They probably thought somebody put something in the juice. But that empire fell that night. It's the reality of, hey, he's God. And so conceived of the Holy Spirit in the womb, the divine Son of God, the God-man, not, not half-man, half-God, but fully divine, fully, fully God, uh, fully man. And, and, and so we see that, that, you know, that he's, he's fully human and fully God. He's divine. And so, but he, as he, we look at that, we also know that he dealt with hunger. He had to be held. He would cry as a baby. He had to be cared for as a child. He comes in the most humblest appearance, born in a manger. He's not born of a wealthy family because it tells you in Scripture, that's another Scripture that's a prophecy that's fulfilled. It says that he eats what? Honey and curds. That is a poor person's diet during those times. They didn't have money. He didn't come in as the king of kings with the a band behind him and, you know, trumpets and, 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 and a royal crib. He came in a manger in a feeding trough. You can imagine the smell of dung from the animals. That's where he's born. But he would have went through pain and hunger just like us. But it tells us very simply in Matthew chapter 1, verse 21, the whole purpose of his coming. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. You want to share the gospel with somebody this year? During this time of season? That is your verse. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. Why did Jesus come? To save people from their sins, including me, including you. Well, who defines sin? God. His Father. His Father defines it. And it's only one sin that you get judged on and you're done. So when we see that, it's, it's, it's a humble king that is born. And humility that comes to save us from our sins. And, and we know that in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 8. Let this mind be... And, and this is a... I love this verse because it tells us exactly how we're supposed to be as followers of Christ. 
Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. You need to highlight that in your, in your Bible. Let this mind be in you which you were also in Christ Jesus. Who being the former God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He was willing to be a servant. But made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant. And coming in the likeness of man and being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death of the cross. He humbled himself. He was a servant and he was obedient to who? God the Father. That's what God calls us to have that mind. Your mind, your mind should be as that. That's what Christ was. And it points not only to the cradle but to the cross. That he was born, that he's born below the angels into these filthy bodies surrounded by sinners to save us. And there's nothing new under the sun. So there wasn't anything that, that we don't see today that Jesus didn't see. And yet he was sinless. It's the whole purpose of the Bible is wrapped up in that verse in Matthew chapter 1, verses 21 through 23. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, and he will save his people from their sins. So all of this was to be done that it might be what? Fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, the Lord, through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. It was fulfilled because it was spoken by who? God, the Lord. And you have Jesus available to you. If you're his child, he's given you the Holy Spirit. To guide you. They, they've given you the whole book. Can you imagine the, 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 the disciples didn't have the whole book? They only, he only took them through the, whole, the Old Testament. You have the ending. You know that this thing is coming to an end. You know that Jesus Christ is returning. And he will judge this earth. And they, if we don't get out and start sharing the gospel and telling people, Hey, Jesus came for, for forgiveness of sins. People will go to hell today. There are people that are dying today that are going to hell because we as a church, the Western church, has been so focused on taking care of a building and trying to fulfill every ministry need that we have. Well, we need a ministry for adults over 50. Or we need a ministry for adults over 60. Or we need a ministry for this or that. And it, what it happens is we just start serving each other. And nobody goes out. Yes, Jesus was born. He went to the cross. He was resurrected. And after that, he tells his disciples to do what? Go and share. And make disciples. And baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, and teach the things that I commanded you to them. That's the responsibility that he's given the church. We can't forget that. The whole purpose of, of, of us looking at this is, is, is to remember. It's like in Luke chapter 19.10, For the Son of Man has come to seek and save that which was lost. The Savior comes to die for our sins. We know that in 1 John chapter 2, verse 2, 
He himself is the propitiation for our sins, not for ours only, but also for the whole world. He understands, he understands our sin because he took it upon himself. And that's the thing. It's like, how are we living during Christmas? It's not during Christmas how we live. It's every day how we do. How do we live for Christ every day? Knowing that you have this information. Do you live as a follower? Or are you living just as a fan? Because a follower of Christ dies to himself or herself, picks up his cross and follows him, and does what he's been commanded to do. It's not a suggestion. Here's a suggestion. Go, maybe, maybe you should go make disciples. No, it was a command. It was a command. And so, yes, over the next few, we got, what, two more Sundays and two more Wednesdays. Yes, we will get into the traditional stories of Christmas verse by verse in the book of Luke, in the book of Matthew. So please don't think, oh, Mike, went, where are we, or is this what we're going to do every week? No, I wanted to cover this this first week so you understood that, look, prophecy's there. Prophecy's been fulfilled. But Jesus didn't want you just pointing to his birth. He wanted you pointing people to the cross. Because his birth pointed people to the cross. They needed forgiveness of their sins. The work that was done on the cross. And man, what an awesome thing that we serve a God who's all-knowing. Who can plan out 135 prophecies in one chapter alone of Daniel. And he rises up kings and he takes them down. He rises nations up, and he takes them down. He's God. And if this nation's not careful and it continues the way of Babylon, this nation will fall overnight. And it's, it seems to be heading that direction. The prayer needs to be for a couple things. And, and that's really, you know, we pray for revival of, of us individually. We pray for revival as a church. But we need to be praying for that, that spiritual great awakening. Because I believe that God in the fullness of time can, can have another great spiritual awakening just like we had in the 60s with the hippie movement. It can happen. You think about 1968 and you think about Martin Luther King was killed. Robert F. Kennedy was killed. We were in social disarray. We had riots. Cities on fire. We were in political unrest. The nation was in a war that they didn't really need to be in. A lot of young men died in that war in Vietnam because of politics. And I can tell you it wasn't the rich people's kids that were going to fight. And our nation was in a bad place. And then guess what came? The Hong Kong flu. Millions died. Sounds familiar, right? There's nothing new under the sun. It may be new to you, but it ain't new to God. This nation, with the remnant that's here, needs to have revival personally. And we need to see a spiritual great awakening. And that's what our prayer should be for. Is that people would come to know Jesus Christ and, and, and seek forgiveness of their sins. But if we don't open our mouths, the gospel, everybody will say, Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share the gospel by the way I live my life. Please don't do that. Share the gospel by sharing God's word. Because guess what? Your, your feet are made of clay just like mine are. Eventually, they're going to look at you and go, Hey, man, you're, live, live a life of Christ where you actually live the gospel by speaking it. And share Christ, not just at Christmas and Easter. Okay? Share it all the time. 
invite somebody to church. You know, you got Easter, you got, you got Christmas Eve service. Everybody goes to Christmas Eve service whether they're religious or not because they just feel like that's the thing they're supposed to do, right? They may receive Christ that day. You have no clue. You have no clue. Just invite them. And those people that you have in your life that are struggling with, you know, you, you're like, man, I've been trying to share the gospel with them. I got this prodigal. You know, when those moments and those opportunities come up where you can minister to them, do it. Please do it. Because you know when those opportunities are there. When they tell you, man, I don't know what else to do. Well, can we pray? Would you mind if I pray with you? Because all I know to do in these type of circumstances is go to my God. Take them to God. And then if you have somebody that you're like, man, I've been trying to share the gospel with this person and share the God and they've already heard you give the gospel maybe four or five times and they're just not responding, move on to somebody else. But keep praying for that person because you may have been the one that, to, to work the soil. And then somebody, it's always crazy because you're like, man, I've been trying to get that person for years. And then somebody at H-E-B shares it with them and they, they come to faith and you're like, come on. But you were working the soil. God was using you to tend the soil. That's how it is. So don't give up on that stuff. If you can teach your kids anything about Christmas, teach them the real reason why Jesus came. Came to save people from their sins. That's the number one thing we need to teach them. And so I, I told the church this past week that I, I could give you, as a child, I knew more about the attributes of Santa Claus than I did of God. That's how sad my upbringing was. We didn't go to church. We went to midnight mass, and it was only to pass off children between a drunken stupor of parents. That's, that was the most common place to ha- do the handoff. And so midnight mass was where we did it. And you had two parties and two different households from divorce and both drinking. And then that was Christmas every year. And Christmas is, I've said this many times, is, is Christmas was about trying to make up for not being there as a father. So you got more presents, which is not what I needed. I needed his presence in my life. And mom would feel bad. So mom would try to go, well, I'm going to try to put more presents under the tree than we had the year before. And can I tell you, none of that stuff, by New Year's Eve, you're throwing most of the toys away because you're stepping all over them, and you're like, oh, I accidentally threw that toy away. It's like you're just wasting money. Your kids, your grandkids need time with you. That's the greatest gift that you can give them. Find something y'all can do together. Don't buy them a tablet or a phone. Find something that you're doing hands-on. Get them out of the house. Man, get them a gun, shoot them, teach them how to shoot, get them a Red Ryder BB gun. Do something that they have to get out of the house. Put them on bicycles. We need to get back to doing things a little more traditional. And man, we want to, we give these things and all you're doing is giving them shackles. Devil's like, come on, hand it to them. Because they're going to spend all their time on it. I went to, I'll finish here. I went to breakfast with my niece. I never saw her head come up out of the whole breakfast. She was in the phone the whole time. And then being very secretive, which is for a parent, like it's not my child. But if that was my child, I would have been, give me your phone. Because when you're like this, I need to see your phone. My, my aunt, you know, grandparents and us, our antennas go up immediately like, oh no, this is a problem. 
This needs to be dealt with or because this is going to end up being a mess. But do something with your kids. Spend time with them with your grandkids. Spend time with them. That's what they need. That's what they need. And, and what you need for Christmas is this presence in your life. That's the greatest gift that you can give your children. Teach them the real meaning of Christmas. Why Christ came. Get them away from Santa Claus. Don't fall into the traps of all that stuff. Okay? There was a pastor in Charleston, South Carolina that actually came out and... We don't have any kids here, do we? Came out and... I'm just making sure. <laughs> he came out and he told everybody, Santa Claus not real. It's a lie from, from the pit of hell. And the church just went... <gasps> and we're like freaking out. And I was like, hey... It's the truth. Who the presents come from? Family. That's where it comes from. Don't be lying to them. You know, like, oh, Santa Claus come down the chimney and he does. Don't do that. You're just lying. The devil's going, keep lying to him. Keep lying to him. Because you're going to have to repent for that that night, right? It's like, what are you doing? Don't fall into those traps. Remember the real meaning of Christmas. And, and don't just take them to the birth of Christ. Take them to the cross tell them why he can. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio, pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. Uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light and you'll find it. 